Welcome to a special episode of Total Space. Today we have guests from What About It. We have Felix and Steffi. I'm Mikko and we have also other hosts here. I'm another space nut. And I'm Rich Elby. And welcome to the show, Felix and Steffi. Would you like to introduce yourself to the viewers? Ladies first. Hi, I'm Stephanie, the wife behind the scenes from What About It and soon starting a new show on my own. And my name is Felix. I'm the host of What About It YouTube channel. Some of you folks might even know the channel. It's right now mainly about uh, SpaceX and Starship production because that's the beating heart of the space industry right now. Welcome. Thank you for coming on today, guys. So I figured we'd touch on a little bit about what it takes to turn uh, for some a hobby in watching Starship into a career like you guys have managed to. Uh, yeah, we started the channel one and a half years ago. And the initial goal was much, much lower than what we have right now. And it's a humbling experience to see so many people watch the episodes we produce every uh, twice, twice a week, actually. And uh, yeah, it was originally planned as a hobby, as you say. And um, now it's turned into a full time job. So uh, that's the one thing that we do. And uh, it's quite the ride, actually. If I may, Felix, what inspired you to start What About It as a channel? That started when I was about five years old. I was interested in space far before I started the channel. And um, when it came to the to the point where I, was, I wasn't really happy with the job I did before, I was a sales rep in the field and I, I, I was responsible for big companies, uh, for key accounts, that's what they were called in the business. And it was, I, I was able to do the job and I did well, but I never really enjoyed it. I did my first um, job in the media business when I was, I think, 18 years old. And um, that was for a radio station. And then I worked for another radio station. I worked for book publishers and stuff like that. So there was always the media aspect in my life. And then, of course, there was the hobby astronomer and the, the, the rocket nerd and the space geek. And uh, I just combined the two. I was not really happy with the job I did, even though I earned enough money to support the family and everything was fine. Something was missing in my life. And so uh, we decided to um, yeah, jump out of the plane and see where the ride goes. And it actually worked out. And I'm super glad and happy about that. how, how the channel is evolving. It's far surpassed anything we expected when we started this. So um, it's, a, it's a lucky thing that we did it. And uh, that's that's how it came about, basically, when I sat down and I thought I could do a YouTube channel. And then I thought I could do it about space. I know a lot of stuff about space. And uh, yeah, and then it took me three months of researching how to do it. And then my wife um, <laughs> threatened me to, to record the first episode and I did it. And it was a very, very curious experience. But that's that's how it all started, basically. Yeah, we, we talked about it first, I think, three, four years before you actually started that you should just do a YouTube channel. And then it yeah it took some years till we got serious about it. Also, if I may, uh, kind of like the same question, but for you, Steffi, um, in, in terms of we've seen a few episodes now of your show, Wonders of the Universe, and we've, we've seen quite a few, actually. And... Uh, can I ask, what inspired you to start that show? Well, I always wanted to teach people, basically. When I learned my job and how to do it, I always wanted to, yeah, go on and teach kids or um, teenagers or grown-ups. I didn't really know. 
and yeah, kind of inspire them or help them and give them something for their life, basically. And when Felix started his show, I was setting up my practice for yeah, couples and families, basically. And I was thinking about doing a YouTube show about that. And then Felix started and I got involved pretty quickly in that show and how to set up a video and what it takes to yeah, produce a video. And then I was thinking about, well, I'm interested in space and I'm hanging out with you guys every day. So why not make it space then? And yeah, that's that was the idea behind it because I wanted to yeah work again to do something productive basically. And with that in mind, do you have any advice for any would-be content creators, anybody that is looking at Starship, maybe watching your videos, listening to this podcast, that do think I want to take that jump, but should I? Yes, that's my advice. Start recording. There's, there's always the. I've, I've talked to quite a few people by now actually that um, want to start a YouTube channel or, as you just did, uh, a podcast. They're always the same questions: Do I need better equipment, or how do I prepare for this, or I'm, I don't know how to do this, so I need to learn it first. Throw all of that out the window and start recording. That's the best thing you can do because it, you, you learn while doing it and you improve. And if you look at the at really, really famous YouTubers, and you look at their first upload, you'll see that they didn't know anything either when they started. So um, that's the, the best moment to start it is five minutes ago. Yeah, maybe tell people about it, like your partner, friends, and if you talk about it long enough, maybe they get annoyed and be like, come on, that was recording. <laughs> Same with Felix. I dragged him in front of the camera, and when I wanted to do my first video, I was like, yeah, hmm, now is not a good time, and the kids are sick or whatever. And then he was like, okay, you go upstairs now and do it, and that's always a good thing. Yeah. I mean, off the back of that, you and I had a conversation around 16 months ago, Felix, where I said I wanted to start a brand and I wasn't too sure of how to do that. Yeah, I remember that. You have been a big support and, you know, I've, I've asked you a lot of advice in setting total space up with the guys. My thoughts on that are, you know, as, as clear as you said, you should start recording yesterday. You should start uploading this morning. Exactly. So, yeah. It's it's always the same question as well. It's when do I start and how do I do this? It's just start, do it. And don't be worried so much. I mean, we have three kids and they stumble into the recordings or live streams. I mean, <laughs> so there has to be stuff that it has to go wrong or if it's wrong, but there's always something and it's okay. It, it's even fun for people that are watching or listening in and it's live and that is nice. Yeah, if you want to find excuses for not doing it, you will always find one. And that's the problem. You shouldn't look for excuses on uh, for waiting a little longer. You should find reasons for why you should start now. Yeah, exactly. I had maybe a couple of hours warning before we recorded the first episode with SpaceNut about drone ships. That was a bit awkward at first, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> couple of hours that's you being modest Miko. it was less than an hour wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much so felix how do you feel about your core staff members doing their own show oh i'm so happy like uh another space not just said he approached me with this idea all the way in the beginning actually it didn't it didn't take him too long to to tell me that he wants to do something like this as well and 
the first thing I said is do it, do it, do it now. Do you need any help? How can I help you? So um, I'm I'm super happy to be here today. It's an honor uh, to help you to to be a guest on the show. And if there is anything you need you need help with in the future, uh, approach me. I'm I'm super happy that you're doing this. It's it's uh, very very interesting. I've listened to every episode you've put out, and uh, um, it's a really really cool project. Thanks. We probably need it. <laughs> yeah. So Steffi. How has your life changed uh, after Felix started? What about it? That is a good one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, for all of you out there that have children. It's like the birth of the first kid because your whole world changes. Uh, it was basically, especially the first four months, I think it was when Felix did it all on his own. He was in his room sitting there and researching, recording, editing, and all that, all by himself. And I was the, the housewife with the kids, yeah, having having a couple coming in here and there. And it was pretty awkward. And then I started to get involved, basically. And then I was drawn into that whole space thing and editing thing and production thing. And I never did anything like that before in my whole life. So, yeah. And how we talk to the kids as well, because they know we, we are working from home and there's a kid coming. So, yeah, it changed a lot and I'll be back. <laughs> you heard it from her. It, 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 it changed quite a, quite a few things in our life. That's, that's for sure. It's, it's a very special job to do. And we are all glad you started. What about it? Thank you very much. I'm glad to have been a part of the journey along the way with you, Felix. Really, it's been an honor and a pleasure to do some of the stuff I've been doing at What About It with you guys. I was about to say, um, as I say on, on every episode and all the way in the end, the, the team is a very, very important part. And the team that formed around What About It is absolutely brilliant. And all of you are somehow part of this team. So thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for filling in the blanks where I can't, couldn't possibly do everything. Like Steffi said um, in the beginning when I did everything on my own, I worked 80 hours plus a week. And uh, that's where the team comes in to actually give me my private life back. <laughs> and uh, you guys are doing an awesome job with that. Thank you. Thank you. To touch on Starship a little bit, because I think um, whenever anybody's thinking about space news and content creators within space, the one thing that I commonly hear is what about it? is there every time with every update you know does does that almost become like a compulsion do you find that some nights you've uh you know maybe not slept as well because you're fearful that you might miss out on starship news or are you able to just switch off oh um in the beginning when i started the channel i actually couldn't sleep at all after a while because it, the whole thing kept me so busy what I, I still need to do for the next episode and if there's anything missing or if I researched everything correctly or uh, dissected uh, specific topics because it can go into into crazy details when you when you start with something that, you, that something specific that you want to explain uh, it the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and at some point you have to stop and I had to actually learn that over time so in the beginning I had trouble stopping i i worked at night i worked three in the morning i got up six in the morning and started working again because it was so important to me too that to have everything 110 percent, you know and you after a while that becomes more and more relaxed because first of all there are many 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 things that i do not have to 
to research anymore how to produce an, an episode how to how to record how to edit how to I'm, i mean i'm employing an editor by now who's doing an absolutely fantastic job by the way and um so that's all the stuff that has gone away by now but in the beginning it was really really hard but now it's 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 better i found a rhythm but it took a while yeah yeah i i just wanted to add one more thing like the whole time management thing that we're that we have really a very straight structure now and the kids know it and we know it and yeah that there are certain times where you're not allowed basically to ring the doorbell because felix is recording so that they know they have to be silent and it, but it works very very good yeah, yeah the, the time time management is a very very important thing for that's another good tip for those who who think about doing it on their own starting their own channel or podcast or whatever the the more the project grows the more stuff there is to do so you should draw lines basically because there's always another comment that you can answer or another tweet that you can send out or another topic that you can research but it doesn't fit into one day so yeah draw your boundaries draw your lines and uh find find the time where you can turn off and relax it's very important the no space talk channel we actually have in our discord channel because especially in the beginning i think we haven't used it for a long while now but in the beginning when we didn't know how really how to really do it it was very important that felix wanted to talk to yeah all the people on the discord but his brain was um yeah thinking about space basically all the time and that's never good for the poor brain to just keep <laughs> go in with one topic and so we went in there every now and then when we wanted to talk to people i remember making that channel yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so don't burn out if you if you don't feel like it just talk about it say it and be like okay we can talk about our hobbies or whatever but please no space talk today or whatever topic you choose yeah there is this um When, when it comes to content creators, there's always the discussion about uh, burnout syndrome for from on, on YouTubers especially, and that is a real thing. It is a real thing. It 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 the the problem really is that there is always something to do. So you could constantly be working, but it's not a good thing to do. Is there anything that you guys prefer to do as a hobby or downtime task that would help reduce the likelihood of you getting burnout on starships? It's family. It's the family. We have three kids, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to spend time with them. And then, of course, for I had so many nice hobbies before I started the YouTube channel. I was I'm a paramotor pilot, and I'm a hobby astronomer, and I I like driving fast cars and all that kind of stuff. But it's really it's there is not that much time when you're a full time content creator. So the the one thing that keeps me going right now, which makes me relax and uh, be happy uh, when I'm not in front of the camera is the family, definitely. And leaving the house. There's one thing. When Felix gets a special look in his face, it's time to just leave the house because we're here all the time. And then we just get out, leave the work and everything behind and just do something nice in the woods or in a museum or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or just taking a drive in the Tesla for some donuts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Just go walk, walk in the woods, or we visit a lot of museums with the kids and stuff like that. So it is very, when you're a content creator on a full-time basis, it is really important to find time where you can actually relax and not think about what you're doing for a living. 
do you find when you're out and about at these museums, you do get people come up and say, hey, you're Felix, the guy that does Starship News? Yeah, there's this uh, funny little story about us being on vacation in southern Germany. We went to Zugspitze, that is the, the highest mountain in Germany, in the Alps. And uh, I was playing around with with my daughter in the snow, and then somebody approached uh, Steffi. Maybe you can continue the story from here on. Yeah, it was Felix uh, wore his uh, NASA jacket. And then he went to, to climb up the hill with Helena because the boys didn't want to go into the snow any further. And then he looked at me and said, oh, he's a space fan. And I was like, yeah, he even has a YouTube channel. And he was like, oh, his name doesn't, be, uh, doesn't happen to be Felix from What About It? And I was like, yeah, that's him. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it even happens on the highest mountains. It happens everywhere. Yeah. It was crazy when I visited uh, Florida. I went to the merchandise store in the Kennedy Space Center, the visitor complex, and there were uh, quite a few people approaching me. And in, when it happened the first time, it was a really, really strange feeling for me that somebody approaches me and knows my name, even though I have never seen the person before. Um, but I'm getting used to it. As with everything, you're getting used to it. And then it's a really, really nice thing. I've done meetups with fans before, too, which were absolutely awesome. Uh, if we didn't have COVID uh, going on, I would have uh, done meetups this year. But yeah, it's it's always nice to meet the people who watch the episodes, definitely. Or as to say with his nephew's words, they have an almost almost popular uncle now. Almost famous uncle. Almost famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to have a chat after you release an episode on the voice channels. Yeah, it's very important for me too. I love the community going on on the Discord and how many nice people surround this channel sometimes is unbelievable to me. I, I find myself uh, uh, approaching Steffi, looking at her and being like, is this really happening almost on a daily basis? Because it's so much fun and it's a heck of a ride. It's really, really something that I would have never expected for, for our life, basically. I always answer something around the lines like... Uh, I don't think so. It can't be. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, Steffi, what are your plans about your new show? Oh, yeah, exactly. The new show. Um, the plan is to start with, um, uh, spoiler alert, with an episode that Felix and I do end of December on What About It? And basically in January, I want to start to create two videos per month in the beginning. Maybe an interview every now and then yeah and then i talk about everything else going on in space and how it affects us here on earth basically that sounds great can't wait to see it yeah same here <laughs> to make it <laughs> so Steffi, how was your first episode the recording of it were you scared <laughs> <laughs> was so scared as i said felix had to drag me up basically yeah. the set and be like okay and now you can record i even started the recording of the camera and the microphone already just talk yeah and it was really crazy i tend to laugh a lot and i get a really high voice when i'm excited and i think that was yeah you, you can you can hear it in the episode and i i as as always in the beginning if if a lot of people, or me as well, start something new. I don't really know how to behave in front of the camera or yeah, who I am in front of the camera or in the show. 
So yeah, you, I think you can see it in the first episodes that yeah, my personality in front of the camera is slightly different because the first time I was super excited. The second time was yeah, not so much excited anymore, but the third time was super excited again. So yeah, it shows in front of the camera. Yeah, and you have uh, nice setups with your lamps and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the lamp though. So expand more about um, what about it and the overall goal, because you said, Felix, that initially you envisioned what about it to be something that it became something different. Is there a future picture you've got in mind for what you'd like, what about it to be? Or, you know, I know Steph is the creative brains of the branding. Um, <laughs> is, there any, is there any future vision that you guys have got of what about it that you'd like to share with us today? Whew. My future wish vision that I always say is to enjoy it as long as it lasts. Because, yeah, I've, I've, I've said it a few times now. It's a crazy ride. And I actually don't know where this is going to lead. I, I try to improve everything that I can improve. And I think that shows on every episode. So we constantly improve on, on audio, on picture quality, on animations, on, on, on editing, on, on everything we can, basically. It's an always evolving organism so to say um but where it actually goes is hard to say for me maybe maybe my wife has a better picture in her head well you always love to do these in-depth episodes these mini documentaries and i really love them so much because i think you always find the right words to explain all the mysteries out there to me and the kids and a lot of other people you talk to so i think that would be something that would perfectly fit into your channel <laughs> yeah but for that spacex needs to slow down first <laughs> sure. with spacex in mind and you're saying spacex needs to slow down you know are you planning to be on the ground more in the states at spacex locations trying to aggressively get interviews good video footage and photos and the like you know is, is that something that you plan to do more for the channel or for what about it well it's a uh... It's a long distance travel, so it'll never be me replacing Boca Chica Gal or anything, uh, because for that you would need to be there every day. But uh, yeah, I was actually planning to go to the United States twice this year, but it only happened once right before the corona pandemic hit. Um, and we were lucky to be able to get out of the country again, because it was right at the point where it started. Right now, it's 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 that uh, ridiculously popular virus that's going around that keeps me from doing anything. I've been invited by all sorts of different uh, companies involved in the space industry, uh, like Copenhagen Suborbitals, Skyrora, Arca Space has invited me to to Romania, which is super interesting as well. I want to do interviews with uh, Isar Aerospace here in Germany and so on and so forth. I have uh, talks with ESA to visit their facilities, all that kind of stuff. And of course, um, United States is in it as well. But right now, traveling is really, really hard to do. So um, we'll have to wait for that until until we have a vaccine, which is hopefully going to happen next year. And then uh, I'll draw new plans probably. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to do as many journeys for the channel as I possibly can. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And especially the Felix goes uh, around the moon in the starship. Mm -hmm. I'm so looking forward to see that. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I'm Felix and I artist. Yeah, well, I would fit in there. So maybe if we suggest it to Elon, maybe he takes <laughs> me with him. I would definitely do the trip. That's for sure. 
it'd be great if you'd be able to live stream something like that as well. I'm not sure exactly how it would work, but I don't <laughs> know if there's network connectivity on the actual vehicle itself, uh, whether they connect to some Starlink sites or uh, satellites or something. But it would be nice uh, to be able to see a live stream of you going yes, around. Yes, most definitely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or just a time lapse for um, a show intro. So you've been launched around the moon, landing back on Earth, holding over 30 seconds to introduce your shows with. <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be actually that the, the journey to the moon would be all the way on top of all the destinations that I would love to go to. Of course, lowest orbit, I would take that as well. But uh, if, if it can happen, that would be the thing I wanted to do. Definitely. And maybe we can with uh, starships in the future. Everything's open. Yeah, maybe we'll have a what about it starship at some point. Oh, our own starship. That would be something. <laughs> I do think the future of what about it could really be a big new show when we are on Mars and other places. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Fingers crossed it works out, because if it does, we are in for a lot of spectacular things in the future. Definitely. And I'll be talking about it. I'll make sure of that. Yeah, and I would even go to Mars and make sure that you've got a first person there to talk to. No, you're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's an uh, old argument in our in our marriage that she wants to go to Mars. I'm I'm whenever I'm asked in interviews or on the on live streams or whatever, uh, people ask me if I would go to Mars. I always reply that I wouldn't because I have family, and then and then she says, "I would, I would." And I always say, no, you don't. <laughs> it's in the background with all the moderators and stuff. I hear a lot of times say into the chat, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Felix, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Total Space Network yet, but we have three shows so far, and that is Talking Space, which has now become the Space Update. And we have Deep Dive, which uh, Miko does a great job on. And then we have the show that I'm currently in, in the middle with another space nut rebooting, becoming multiplanetary. What do you think of those three topics? Like, what's what's your opinion on that? I think that's a good concept. Um, I was I um, I had a similar concept to that on my channel in the beginning. I did uh, I did normal episodes. I, they were called the Space News in the space, and they're still in the Space News playlist on the channel. And then I did another format, which was called In-Depth. Um, so it's basically, it's it's even almost the same name. So it was What About It In-Depth? And that was um, about a single topic, trying to dissect uh, as much as I can and explain as much as I can. That's what uh, Steffi referred to earlier, the mini documentaries. So right now, SpaceX is going so crazy that the, the space news, the, the Starship updates have taken over completely right now, which is going to change in the future again, because it can't be, well... Never say never, but I hope it's going to slow down at some point and uh, then it's going to change again. So I think it's always a good thing to have different formats. And especially when you're so creative as you guys are, you're pumping out content like crazy right now. And then that's always good to, to just keep doing exactly that. Because when, when you're creative and uh, you have the power and feel the drive to do it, uh, do it. Do it as much as you can, basically. It's really nice what you're doing. Well, thank you. It, it feels... Um... Good to have other creators say, you know, what what you are doing is good. Like, we've just been trying to go with the flow. And I mean, ultimately, 
Um, you know, Total Space is about bringing content for your enjoyment as the space nerd, as the the, the space nut. You know, if if we're not producing content, then we need to be looking at ourselves and wondering why. Like you said, with this early creative flow that we've got going on, I feel Total Space is, you know, although we're, we're the new kid on the block in terms of space brands, in terms of podcasting especially, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that people are enjoying the content and it's just really important that, you know, I mean, especially people like yourself, because you are first and foremost a space nut, you know, there's there's no two ways about it, you start a space <laughs> brand yeah, after watching true. space content. And so for you to come back at us and say, you know, the the content and the format that you're doing it in is really good. That's, you know, it feels really validating. So thank you're you. You're very welcome. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you, you're you already there as such. You know, you've got a, I think it's something like over 110,000 subscribers now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, for you to come here and say, you know, we're actually listening to you guys show and it's really enjoyable. We've got it on in the living room. Uh, that means a lot to all of us that produce this. Like I said, you're very, very welcome. Steffi actually started your first the the first podcast. I, I didn't have the time before, as always, to listen in. And uh, um, Miko actually, I think he even sent me a link to the to the podcast that you already had produced, and I didn't listen to it because I didn't have the time. And then I was working in the living room, and my wife just turned it on in the background. And I was like, "Huh, what's that? Oh, I know those voices." And then I kept listening for the next, I don't know, hour or so. And I, I, every five minutes or so, I said, that is really interesting stuff. So, yeah, you're doing a good job. It's definitely entertaining. And it's uh, you learn something from it, and it is entertaining. And I think that's the two main goals that uh, any content about space should fulfill. And that's what you're doing. So you're on the right track, definitely. Thanks. That's great to hear. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to do a role reversal here and just turn around and say, Felix... You rock. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With that in mind, so progression of a starship, you are Mr. Starship News. You know, how, how does it feel being able to look back 18 months ago and say, hey, SpaceX are on a day in Texas. And now to say SpaceX have got the um, orbital launch building facility in Texas. You know, you've been along that journey in such an incredible fast-paced way. You know, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on how you feel the Starship did progress and, you know, like how you as a person felt knowing that actually this crazy billionaire building stainless steel rockets out in the desert is taking us to Mars. Yeah, it's a unique thing that's happening in Texas right now at the South Texas launch site. That's the official name that SpaceX has put out there. And by now it has like 20 or 30 different names circulating around in the in the space enthusiast scene. Um, my, my channel started with all sorts of different topics. I've had uh, Ross Cosmos, I had Rocket Labs, I, I, I even did interview with uh, Peter Beck and uh, Robert Zubrin from the Mars Society, and I had all sorts of different topics. Right now, that is condensed down to the Starship updates because there is so much happening there and the implications are so large. Starships are not just rockets, and that's what most people need to understand when they're looking at this. Because it's never happened before, it's hard, It's easy to confuse it with just a large rocket, but it, it, it actually isn't. It's more like a car or a bus or a, a semi-truck or something with rocket engines under it. It's not an upper stage pushing a payload into orbit. It's a vehicle in the, in the very sense of the name, in the very meaning of the word, basically. What's happening down there, and I have my fingers crossed that they, that they succeed, 
Uh, it started very, very slow around two years ago, I think, when they started building that dirt hill uh, at the coast down there. And uh, then they they um, developed the Star Hopper and uh, made it fly a little bit. You know that that was all just very crude and rudimentary stuff that they did. And they've by now reached a point where it starts to dwarf other launch providers' facilities at the Kennedy Space Center. They they have this huge high bay that they are building. They have tons of manufacturing tents. They they pump out prototypes every week or so right now. Uh, it's pretty amazing what they're doing there. It's hard to tell uh, where this is going to lead. Uh, if Musk is actually able to, he has this plan of uh, sending many, many starships to Mars. Uh, uh, the the numbers go between a hundred and a thousand. I've I've had that on an episode before that uh, if they had built starships at the same speed they they are building Falcon Nine boosters right now, it would take them a hundred and something years to build a thousand starships. Um, so he'll have to do something special in Boca Chica. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible to see it unfold more and more and become more and more professional, basically. I mean, Elon did say at the Mars Society Convention 2020 that he was worried about the rate of innovation. That was the bottleneck. And I think the Starship program shows his determination to increase that. Yeah, it's purely about innovation everywhere, everything. There's a new rocket engine. The whole design is completely new. Uh, the way it's going to re-enter the atmosphere is really completely new. The whole concept of a 100% reusable rocket is completely new. So almost everything about the whole idea of Starship is completely new. Yeah, so it's pure innovation, basically. It's something other launch providers wouldn't even dare to do because there's too many companies involved and too many politics and all that kind of stuff. So that is, if you compare it to Artemis, for example, that NASA is doing right now, uh, which is a traditional rocket. SLS is not a bad rocket at all. Uh, it's just innovation-wise, it's basically large sh space shuttle without the shuttle, basically. It's it's even using the same parts, largely. So the Starship is a different thing, that's that's for sure. On the first episode of Becoming Multiplanetary, we actually talked a bit about Artemis. And uh, one of my opinions on Artemis was that when you take parts from the old shuttle program, you also inherit their technical debt. You know, when you're trying to engineer something and you have to engineer around old parts, that increases the cost. It's actually one of the things I brought up during that episode. Yeah, and it's true. It's definitely true. You can see it with the boosters right now that the development takes so long to just add another segment on top because that's basically all they did with the boosters. But they're, they've been developing on them for, what, five years now? Which is insanely long, if considering that it's just another segment on top of the same booster, basically. So, yeah. Sometimes that can, can, can introduce more problems that it, than it solves. Yeah, Artemis. <laughs> Orange rocket good. Well, it, like I said, it's not a bad rocket, and it'll be absolutely impressive to see it fly, but it's not a step forward, in my opinion. It, it, even if it brings us to the moon, which is doubtful right now, actually, but even if it does that, it's not going to really be a step forward, in my opinion. It costs a lot of money, and it's oh, a bit more innovation would have been good, definitely. You can't use 60-year-old hardware in the name of innovation and technological advancement. Yeah, bluntly said, yeah. I mean, we have spoken about the SLS rocket on a few of the shows here at Total Space. You know, we're not necessarily against it. Like, ultimately, the more horses you've got in a race, the more enjoyable that race is. Yeah, totally agree, 100%. The more, the better. You know, and, and really that 
that team space um, vibe that a lot of people like to focus on. You know, they, they should be spending less time focusing on what the Orange Rocket can't do and more on what it means to have more than one rocket launching humans to low Earth orbit and beyond. It might be the only rocket that actually flies humans to moon within five years. Yep, it's true. And it's always the more projects you have running, the more lessons you will learn as well. Even if it's lessons on not on how not to do something, um, it's still a lesson learned. So it's never bad to have that. So based on your statement, Miko, can I surmise that you believe that the Lunar Variant Starship will probably not be ready by that time? Nope. <laughs> I, I think Lunar Starship will be ready by that time, but NASA may not want to use it. This is true, yeah, because they do have the contracts out to a few people, don't they? I mean, I was reading an article just a little while before recording today that confirmed that SpaceX planned multiple moon landings before the Artemis, uh, but that's likely robotic starships. Yeah, that's probably true. I also read about the same thing, and I think Dynetics and Blue Origin, or the national team, would only land once. Yep, I read that too. So is there anything we'd like to wrap the show up with, folks? Did we have any questions for Felix? So, actually, we did have one question, field marshaled from Twitter, from an Elaine Hackstaff. The question reads, word for word, when will Spacelink integrate their laser satellite crosslinks, and are there any plans for laser comm with Earth-based portals? I think the person meant Starlink, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think he meant Starlink. I wouldn't be up to up to date on that topic, though. I know that they've had trouble in the beginning, that they wanted to have the laser communication in there in the beginning. And I think they've already launched a few satellites that have the laser links installed for testing. But I think they are not further than that. Is that correct? I think they actually did the testing a couple of months back already. And I think maybe three launches ago, they already announced that all future satellites will have interlinked laser connections. There you go. Perfect. Very nice. We were able to answer it. <laughs> Just to touch on this question a little bit more. If the uh, question listener was interested in learning more about this technology, the International Space Station did develop the Opal system with Jet Propulsion Laboratories. That's laser communications between the International Space Station and Earth. It's widely publicized. I'll leave something linked under today's episode. Great. About Starlink, also, yeah, of course, there will be lower latencies when going from continent to continent. Then there's the option of having fast internet connection on ships, uh, airplanes, and also on, on the poles at some point, I would hope so. Yeah, but the poles will have the problem with the orbits, right? There are no orbits reaching that up. Don't you even have this problem where you live, I think? Yeah, yeah, they don't really reach here, but I think they could uh, do a polar launch. Yep, they will. I'm pretty sure they will at some point, but right now it's 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 all about getting the system to work, getting the beta test through, and then start earning money with it, because that's what it comes down to, I guess. Yeah, that would probably be like a year or two from now, but eventually. Yeah, imagine when starships fly Starlink satellites up there with like 400 of them in, in one flight. That's going to be insane to see. <laughs> yeah, totally. And one starship could probably deploy a whole Starlink system around the moon. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so we have a question from Maria Pointer. Hello from first neighbor, Pocachica Maria. Wow, Felix is the guy to explain and cover the details, but I have wondered the European view of corporations keeping pace with SpaceX. Is their competition ramping up and where globally? Can SpaceX hold this marketing advantage for how long? Okay, that's a good question. Thank you, Maria, for asking the question. I'm a big fan of your work and I've met her personally. She's a really, really nice gal and I'll I'll make sure to meet her again when I when I go back to Boca Chica. Um, it's a good question too. Obviously, right now, everybody, and I, I really mean everybody, is behind SpaceX in, in, in what they're doing. They are landing orbital rocket boosters. They are building the biggest, uh, the largest... Um, um, satellite communication network ever, ever even imagined by anybody. They are sending astronauts to the ISS. They are doing all of it, basically. It's, it's, it's amazing. And their lead is amazing as well. If Starship actually works out, if it passes the prototype phase and goes into service the way SpaceX imagines it right now, their lead is going to be greatly extended again. And it's going to be really, really hard for anybody to keep up with that. There are a few projects right now, and they are all over the world. Uh, ESA is working on a reusable launcher system after Ariane. It's probably going to be called Ariane Next. Roscosmos recently announced they are working on something similar to uh, Falcon 9. Uh, Link Space is working on a reusable rocket in China. All those projects, though, are copies of Falcon 9, of the idea that is the basis of the Falcon 9 rocket. In my opinion, that's not a bad thing to do, because um, if that wouldn't be allowed in engineering, we would all be driving a Mercedes and we would all be very, very limited by the companies that make our favorite stuff. It's a good thing to copy, in my opinion. If somebody has a good idea, copy it, because that's the only thing you can do, basically. You do not have to reinvent the wheel, basically. And that's the same with the Falcon 9 rocket. So it's a nice thing that Roscosmos, Link Space, and... ESA are, or Ariane Spass actually, are trying to copy the Falcon 9 rocket. But as said in the beginning, if Starship actually works out, the Falcon 9 will be outdated um, because Starship is far cheaper, far faster in turnaround, much more capable. It's better in every regard. Even launch cost is around 10% of, of the launch cost of a, of a or not 10%, but 60% 60, 60 lower than a Falcon 9 launch, and maybe even further down uh, down the line. So, yeah, uh, basically it's going to be really, really hard for everybody else um, if SpaceX actually makes the Starships fly, and it'll give, him, it'll give them a lead of at least 10 years or so, in my opinion. It's going to be hard for everybody else, but uh, that doesn't mean they should should give up. It doesn't also, like I already said, it doesn't mean they shouldn't copy SpaceX because that's what you do. When somebody has a brilliant idea, you copy it. And I don't think that's a, that that's a bad thing. Yeah, so SpaceX is in the lead and SpaceX is making that lead bigger as we as we speak here on the podcast. And I would give an advice to those who don't who do not have a plan yet to copy SpaceX. They should better get going because if they don't, or even come up with something better, which is really hard in my opinion. It'll be a dark future once Starship flies, because they are going to be cheaper than anybody, and they're going to be faster, and they will be able to get 100 tons payload into space with a single flight. 
So thanks for listening in today, guys. I've been another Space Nut, along with my co-host and today's guest, Felix and Steffi. And I've been Mikko. It was nice to have you, Felix and Steffi, and you are welcome to come back. And I've been Rich LB, uh, co-host of the Becoming Multiplanetary series on Total Space. It was absolutely wonderful having them here and getting the the chance to talk to them. And uh, as Miko says, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you for having me and keep going with your show. I really love it. And I have it always running in the living room as soon as you're uh, yeah, releasing a new episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you very, very much for having me. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast, and I'll gladly accept any future invitations if you want to have me over again. Thank you very, very much. Well, thank you for joining us today, Felix. Have a wonderful day.